This week on the Born to Be Dope show, we are talking to Dr. Kareem Ellis on how to GPS your success right after this. Had a vision, then made a plan. Put it into practice with the actions of my hands. Put it into practice with my circle and my fam. Had my bad people, I became a businessman. This is the illest rhyme I ever wrote. Said I was born to be dope. This is the illest rhyme I ever wrote. Said I was born to be Welcome to another episode of Born to Be Dope. I am your host, Ryan C. Green. So excited. This is the show where we celebrate being unapologetically great at being you. We combine hip hop and personal development in a way that helps you master, magnify, and monetize your unique dopeness for unlimited success in business and life. So I'm excited to talk to our guest today. Before we even get into uh, the conversation with Dr. Kareem, Make sure you go ahead, click the like button, click the share button, subscribe, all those good things. No matter where you're watching, tell somebody else about the Born to Be Dope show. All right, so let's get right into it, man. Kareem, let, let me not get too comfortable yet. Doctor, I haven't formally introduced you yet. Doctor Kareem Ellis, how are you, man? Man, I'm I'm blessed and highly favored, and I don't believe in complaining about it because I don't think I got anybody on my timeline or in my personal place and space that would care if I complain and gripe. So uh, I'm blessed right now, brother. I can't complain. Awesome, man. Awesome. You know, I, I love working with you, having you. People who uh, have followed us for a while may be familiar with you. This is uh, you've been in two Born and Be Dope films. Uh, you even with us on the Make It Matter project. And listen, when I find someone who I can connect with on a mental level, on a spiritual level, just on a goal level, um, I'm, I keep those people around. Right. You are a gentleman who lives what you say. You go out there, and you have success. So I'm like, listen, this man, I'm, I'm sticking close to this guy. And uh, I know you're a good person just just from our interactions. I want to share you for a brief moment with my family and friends and those who are watching this show. So let's jump right in. Dr. Kareem Ellis, you are a speaker, a keynote speaker. Uh, and I know you're always uh, training and, and really helping people. Let's let's start from the beginning of this journey. Uh, tell people. Well, we'll start from the beginning of the journey, but let's just start with set the foundation here on you. You are your book is GPS, my success, and you really focusing on uh, being a, a top performer and, and finding that success. Talk to us about uh, what it is you specialize in and how that became your specialty. Hmm, so I love that, man. Um, so I go by the moniker of the number one breakthrough strategist. And as you can tell, breakthrough is all about helping other individuals uncover and discover the 2.0 version of themselves. I'm a huge iPhone fanatic. I've been using, sorry for the Android users out there. I've been yeah. team iPhone for a long time. We know iPhones have regularly scheduled updates, iOS this, iOS that. And so I believe that there's always another update waiting inside of our personal lives that's going to help us go and grow to the next level. My job as a breakthrough strategist is to go to individuals and organizations, whether national or, in the, or international, and I help them discover the 2.0 version of themselves. That's by looking at your God-given gifts and talents, your expertise, most importantly, your connections. Uh, as you said earlier about being connected, success is 50% what you know, 50% who you know, and more importantly, what they know about you, right? So we take a look at the dynamic mixture of all those different things and figure out how do we unlock the person who you're designed to be, right? So I'll, I'll talk about default living versus design. Everyone comes onto this planet on default settings, but to be successful, you got to learn how to design your life. So we talk about how to design your life. 
All right, wonderful. Now let's let's get into. I want to share some information. Um, some some of the concepts rather about designing your life because I think that uh, when you are deliberate about chasing your success, you understand then that you can't just go willy nilly, right? You can't just go and hope that it's going to work out. You got to be deliberate about the actions you take. Uh, so as you are training, you're interacting with people and you're helping them uh, find their success. Uh, yes. What are some tips, kind of, to help them really, you know, get on track and be uh, deliberate about their journey? Wow. So the first thing I'm going to say is setting the address aside the GPS. Now, I know I've talked about this concept so many different times. I'm going to take a little bit of a spin on it because we know mm -hmm. a GPS is useless to you first know where you want to go. Uh, at this stage of the journey, I'm telling people to be more about purpose living versus just living day to day. Meaning when I get clear about the reason why I'm here, my God given purpose, the reason why I've been put on this planet, then everything I do in life shifts dramatically because now I have to pay attention to the resources that I need for the journey. So one of the things I'm always talking about is what are you designed to do? That starts with what's my God given gift and talent. Uh, from kindergarten to 12th grade, folks always focus on education. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I'm all for that. I do believe that you should get education while you're here. But Education is something you get from kindergarten to 12th grade. If you do college, four years, six years, if you're a career student, you may got 10 years and sadly may may love you because you keep taking out student debt. But a gift and talent is something you are born with. It's something you come onto this planet with. And so I tell most people, whatever your purpose is, a lot of times your gift and talent is the very thing God has given to you to help you walk that thing out. So first and foremost, I got to figure out my God-given gift and talent. Awesome. Now, for those who uh, once you figure that out, because uh, a lot of people, um, they, they may have a gift or a talent, but then it's like, how do I use this in a way that's going to one excite me, but then also make the impact on other people so that I can build something from that? Uh, how, what, what do you tell people in that situation once they figured out what their talents are that? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is, number one, expand your vocabulary and what a gift of talent is. The reason why this is so important, I see a lot of people that have gifts and talents, but they don't think they can monetize it. And that's because the media has done a great job of training us what a gift and talent is. We get off work, we go home, we plop on the sofa, we pop a microwave dinner in for the lazy folks, and we watch TV for four to six hours before we go to bed. We see our favorite basketball player who we just know got signed for $4 million for dribbling the basketball. That football star who got signed for $2 million to play for the next four years because they can throw a football downfield. And so we think in our mind, that's a gift and talent. Or we look at our favorite musician who just dropped an album uh, out of nowhere and they don't rake in on a concert tour. They raked in $4 million on the concert tour. We think that's a gift and talent. The problem is those are gifts and talents, but the media showcases that when typically some of the most powerful dynamic gifts and talents on the planet are the intangible gifts. I'm talking about stuff like your creativity, leadership skills, things like that. So I want to be clear, number one, on what a gift and talent looks like. And then number two, are there models out there of individuals who share my unique gift and talent? And are, there, are they monetizing? Like when I started out speaking, Ryan, I didn't start out speaking because I saw Les Brown and all these other great people and thought to myself, I can make a million dollars doing it. The person I saw, which is going to sound so simplistic and probably stupid, was Michael Buffer. Anyone who's ever watched a fight, they were, he gets paid $1 million to say, let's get ready to rumble. That was using the gift of communication and commanding it for a fee. So if I said, if he can get out there and say those minuscule words with his gift of communication and get paid and I can communicate the same exact way, then that means that my gift and talent has monetizable ability as well. So I want to be clear that I can get paid to use my gift and talent like other folks out there, even if my gift is a little bit different than most. 
Yeah, you know, I, I love that. And I was just speaking recently to a group and we we're talking about talents as well. And I just wasn't playing. I didn't know I was going to bring this up with you. But, uh, you know, one one gentleman uh, mentioned that he he coaches um, Little League. Uh, another lady says she likes to make people laugh. You know, so those are gifts and talents that where, you know, you're coaching Little League. You're not thinking, OK, well, how can this translate to uh, business or my purpose? But like I told him, I said, OK, so that means you know how to galvanize a group. You know how to motivate a team. You know how to get people together. That's 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 a, a, a good skill. And it, like I said, an intangible skill, making people laugh. I mean, come on, now, that can take you anywhere. So that's one of my I, that's one of my gifts. Like when I speak, like I say, it's a lot of people who may be uh more rah-rah they may be more sharp than me whatever not many people gonna be more funny than me on stage <laughs> you know that's just that's my thing but uh you know so you got to know those talents so so take us back to uh before kareem was out here on stages you kind of started talking about getting into speaking when you realized that was your gift what was that journey like because there's a whole lot of people who um know information or maybe experts in something uh, they may be able to talk and convey a message, but they're not necessarily speakers or, you know, there's different kinds of speakers. So talk to us about how you found your lane and then maybe give us a little information for those who are looking and say, I want to do a speaker. I, I, I want to do what he does. What, what kind of way they should go to kind of figure out which way they should uh, take this this journey. Okay, so I love that question, man. And what I talk about when I talk about gifts and talents, I believe there's really four stages of development. One's identification of the gift, which is what do I do exceptionally well. Two is mastery of the gift. That means I got to get real good at that skill set. Number three is the gift has to be planted in the right environment because your gift and talent is not designed to operate everywhere. And then number four, I have to be in the driver's seat for control of that gift. So with me, I was already a gifted communicator. As a child growing up, that's the thing I got in trouble for the most. I got in trouble for talking too much. My senior yearbook, which is sitting in front of me right now, ironically, my senior year, I was voted most talkative. Wow. <laughs> right? wow. And so I say that because a lot of times as kids growing up, we don't have discipline over our gift and talent. And so if I have a gift and talent that lacks discipline, it creates destruction. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't understand that. So I would get in trouble for talking too much. Not that the gift and talent was bad, but because I didn't know how to control it or use the gift and talent to talk about the right things versus the wrong things. I just got paid a little over 20 grand to speak to a group for 90 minutes because I was talking about the right thing, right? Versus the wrong thing. So with me, I had to figure out, I had to figure out number one, what was I passionate about? Because whatever you're passionate about, you can talk about that and involve yourself in that arena for hours. And so once I got clear on my passion, then to figure out what was the gift and talent that linked me to that passion. And then I have to figure out how do I master it. Now with me, Ryan, I found a good mentor. I found someone that took me under their wing and they shaped me and they taught me the correct usage of the gift and talent. A mentor, I believe, is the only shortcut you get in life. If you took me without me having the right mentor and you put me in front of audiences night after night, audiences of 5,000, 10,000 people, and, and I didn't have the mentor to shape me, I typically would lose my stronghold on that arena because I still have to know how to control the gift and talent. We see a lot of people that get rushed to the top without mastery and they lose the opportunities as quickly as they get it. So for me, I had to find someone who's going to discipline me and show me how to master that gift of awesome awesome now now that means you gotta be coachable i mean i know in this this day and age everyone wants to be the expert everyone wants to be the the head dog the lead dog uh the mm -hmm. the um the, the the matinee the headliner so um talk you know when when i don't let me put it this way because i know you do a lot of coaching 
So what's yeah. one of the things, what is the, one of the biggest obstacles rather that you see many clients come to you that you have to break down? Like what's the one of the main people come in and speak to say, Hey, uh, Kareem, I want you to teach me. I want to be your student, <laughs> but, I, but I know some stuff. So, uh, what's one of the, uh, one or two of the things that you see, uh, speakers really have to kind of, you had to break down and, and change up in them. Well, I love the fact that you said that a lot of folks want to perk and look like they're more successful than they really are. I see a lot of people where they create a trap for themselves. And that's due to social media. Because with social media, you can make yourself seem like you're a seasoned expert, a seasoned pro, and have very little time in the game. But smoke and mirror success is just that. You, if there's a moment in time where the smoke gets blown away and the mirrors reflect the person that's standing in it, even if you were the unfinished product. And then that's what the world will eventually see. And so one of the things I tell a lot of people is you cannot conquer what you refuse to confront. The thing that people refuse to confront is, is themselves. Meaning I still got a way to grow. Uh, I am 47 years young in this industry. I know I don't look like it. I, I'm in the gym all the time because health is wealth and we gotta make sure we take care of the frame. I definitely thought but, you were in your thirties, bro. I had no idea we were the same age. Now I feel bad. Now I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. I definitely thought you were like 35. Hey, I still got mentors pouring into my cup because I don't have time to try to figure it all out on my own. If I want to go and grow to the next level, I got to make sure I'm still the dumbest person in the circles that I'm in. Exactly. If I'm the smartest person, that means I'm pouring out, but there's no one pouring into me. So I tell most people, you have to throw away the knowledge base you think you know. You have to be willing to be the dumbest person in the room. And most people have a challenge with that, believe that or not, because yeah. of social media. Sometimes I think social media is the worst thing that can happen to serious people. You know, you said so much there. I want to try to get to some of it because um, one, being that dumbest person in the room, I mean, like, listen, that right there, I think that's also one of my gifts. Like, I, I know, I think it comes from a confidence. When you know, when, you, you, when you're confident about your talent and, and your skill set and your purpose, your calling, then you're sure. willing to say, okay, this is what I'm called to do. Then you're more willing to uh, listen, you know, and, and be coachable. I, I'm wondering as I'm thinking out loud, like, do we think that that hubris that people come in the door with, is it really a mask for some insecurities of, uh, you know, not really having it all? Because we talk about social media and um, other episode we had uh, Shay Brown. If you guys didn't see the episode, go back and look at that episode. Uh, the sales guru. We talk difference in marketing and sales. Right. A whole lot of people can get some fly marketing together. You can make yourself look real good. Uh, but if you're not closing deals, then you're not making any money. Right. You, you're being broke. So uh, talk to us from the speaker perspective on because um, your social media brand is on fire. I mean, every day you're posting something about speaking. And I'm like, I mean, and, and, and and social proof. Shout out to David Shans for his podcast name, but social proof that you are what you say you are. So, you know, um, why? Why is that the, the, uh, the game plan for you? Why did you go that route with this? Well, I learned this back in the real estate days because I'm still an entrepreneur in real estate. When I first started out, I had a little something, something to prove. I had a little bit more of an ego than I had. I learned how to kill ego. It's a side note. You got to learn how to kill your ego before your ego kills your opportunities. And that's what I see happen with a lot of speakers. They come in with the full ego and I go, your ego is killing your opportunities because you're not willing to humble yourself and then be in a position of learning. But social media proof is key. Why? Because we live in the age of the expert. People want the expert. The problem I have with a lot of speakers is a lot of speakers have the gift of communication, but they don't have the expertise developed yet. They don't have the social media proof that I'm speaking on these different platforms, these different stages. And what I've learned with a lot of speakers, a lot of speakers don't even know how to find corporate paying gigs. 
And so what you see happen with a lot of speakers is they go and get on paid platforms, meaning I'm gonna pay you $1,500, $2,000 to speak on your platform for 20 minutes. And I go, even when you do that, that's not getting you a corporate gig. Like no corporate event planners watching that virtual presentation saying you're the person I'm looking for. So that's another reason why I want a good mentor. A mentor fills in the gaps. I was always a great speaker. Like that's nothing new to me. I say a cheetah's gift and talent's running 70 miles per hour. I've never seen a cheetah confused about a 70 mile per hour gift and speed. A cheetah knows what it does, right? But even with that gift of speed, a cheetah has to have the right education paired with that gift and talent to let it know what I should go after versus what I can go after, right? And so in my industry, there's a phrase that I have coined. Don't y'all try to steal this, but I, I say a lot of people guilty of what I call speaker hoeing. Y'all know what a hoe is. Yeah, yeah. A hoe is anyone and everyone. And if I'm a speaker hoe, that means I'm trying to get on any platform and every platform, but my message keeps changing every platform I get on because I'm so eager to get on stage. I'm talking about anything and everything. The world celebrates you because I know you as an expert at one thing. Mm. I'm the expert at breakthrough. You don't see me as being an expert at breakthrough and, and global change and cl- weather climate issues and, 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 and pro-life issues. Like I'm not all over the map. If I talk about something, it's all going to revolve around the same place and space of my expertise, right? And I keep that expertise there at all times. So that's one of the things I would say off the bat, which is focus. But that mentorship helps that focus. So I'm not doing anything and everything. Yeah, man. You, you know, I've, I've been doing this thing for a minute, you know, uh, the speaking thing. And so I've, I've just about every um, story a professional can tell you about what you don't do, what you should, I probably did them all, right? You know, so I've been through that journey. I think that's why I resonate with a lot of people too, because like I, I I show my flaws and all. So my journey, you've seen where I've been. And one of the things you talk about that, that speaking on platforms, I'm just thinking from the mindset of um, where I, you know, because I, I feel like there's the right platforms that, here's the thing. Because I think that's a big thing in the speaking industry now. Do I pay to play or, or what? I think that for those paid opportunities, you can't be doing it just because you want to get on stage and think I'm going to speak and that's going to, everyone's going to see this and blow me up. You got to have a, a deliberate plan of action. Like you said, or, well, I'll use your, the GPS to how you want to use that opportunity. Um, because, you know, uh, just like with anything, like if you, you've got to know how it's going to benefit you, sharing your message is one thing, but if you're not getting, uh, you know, I'm just using this as a, hopefully somebody's probably gonna get mad from this conversation cream somebody's gonna get upset for our conversation i'm just letting us know somebody's gonna get mad at one of us about this we just putting it out there right so <laughs> you know it's like if if you're gonna pay for an event then you've got to be able to at least be able to get some leads that are going to help your business uh, are you going is it speaking to your expertise like you said not just an opportunity to stay on, get on stage and, and change your message that was one of my biggest things was trying to figure out what is my message and that's kind of where finally after 15 16 years in this thing want to be dope like that's yeah. it like it took me this long to get here but it's like that was my thing okay and you like so you can accomplish different things into that but that's it being unapologetically great at being you that's what it's all about um but uh and i forgot where i was even going with all this so <laughs> you know but um oh, oh so make sure you're getting you know some, something's gonna benefit you leads or, or are you getting professional photos because i know that's a big thing when you're a speaker are you getting a uh, professional video to show you on stage especially now that we're coming back out of of COVID, you know it's time to be seen on stages now um so are you getting that kind of stuff so when you, you're evaluating opportunities um you know you got to know that is going to be something that's going to benefit you and it's a win-win not just you're paying money to an event organizer who's taking all the money they're getting paid and you're just like oh well you know you got some fly flyers to put on your social media so how do you evaluate speaker opportunities for yourself mm. so number one i want to look at the value of the opportunity 
meaning not all opportunities are good opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm secure with myself and my brand, and most importantly, I know my value, then that means there's certain opportunities I will turn down no matter how good it sounds. That's not a good, that's a good opportunity. It's not good for me. And I should always be in growth mode, which means the opportunity I took last week, next year, I probably won't take it again because I know where my level of growth is taking me to. The biggest complaint I get is someone will bring me out, they'll like me, they'll pay me my fee, and then the next year, like, come back, yeah, but my fee's going up. And they'll be a little right. upset. I go, but my value keeps going. It's always increasing, yeah. right? I'm always in growth mode. So I want to be clear, number one, about the value I bring to the table. What I see with a lot of folks in the speaking industry, they don't know their value. Because if right, you knew right. what you was actually worth, we can use this like in the dating perspective. Like everybody has played that game. And, and I don't know if I can include you or not because I know you married, you off the market. I mean, I dated though. I had to date to get married, you know. <laughs> there were some people after the fact, you go, they never should have got my phone number. Like if, if I mm -hmm. think about that, yeah. I never should have spent that money on that dinner. Like they wasn't yeah. worthy of it. When I know my value, I can assess the opportunity and say this is not a good opportunity for me. Because some opportunities will actually drag you and make you look worse than if you just shut it down and say, no, I'm not going to do it at all. So the very first thing, and this goes back to that GPS concept of putting the address in the GPS. When I put an address in the GPS, the address doesn't change. The GPS is still trying to get me there. But if I forget where I'm going to, that's how I get sidetracked and stop at the donut shop. I stop at the mall. I stop at all these other places. That's not your destination. So I want to be clear on where I'm headed to. And if I'm clear, that means I'm only accepting opportunities that are in alignment with my divine assignment. If it doesn't line up, I got to let it go. If the connection doesn't line up, I got to let it go. If the friendship or the mentorship doesn't line up where I see myself in the next three years or five years, I got to let it go. I can't keep sidetracking myself. What I do see is this though, Ryan. I see that people get comfortable with their own comfort zone, which means if I'm an open tier speaker, I hang around over other open tier speakers because we all have the same things in common. And the problem with that is if they're not growing and I'm hanging around them, what happens? I'm not growing. Birds of a feather, right. they flock together. So I got to be willing to fire people on my same playing field and hang around people that's doing greater than me because the way to grow is by hanging around people that's going to stretch you outside that comfort zone. One last thing I'm going to say real quick. The comfort zone to me resembles a casket. And, and every time I've gone to a funeral, respect the big mama and all the folks that's in the casket, I've never looked at the casket and said, damn, that looks uncomfortable. Like she looked like she, in like three days, she's going to get real stiff. Yeah. You know, the casket is lined with nice little quilted fabric, posturepedic. And I go, why Why does it look so quilted and nice? Because they're not going to be flipping over and turning over in the casket like you're getting a good night's sleep. They gone. Right? right. Not trying right. to be disrespectful, but it's the truth. And so when I look at a comfort zone, the reason I say it's a casket, because caskets only hold one thing. That's dead things. And if I'm not careful, I can hang around in a casket or a comfort zone around people that's not trying to grow themselves. And then that's how I miss out on growth opportunities or opportunities to take me to the next level. So I want to be clear on who I'm hanging with in this industry. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Listen, we're going to take a, a quick break here from some people who are supporting the show sponsors you know and partners our partners and we're going to get back because kareem dropped something real quick and i ain't gonna let it slide by he kind of slid in there he got paid twenty thousand dollars to speak for 90 minutes if you are a speaker or an aspiring speaker we want to ask him how is he getting twenty thousand to speak so we're going to talk about that and then get into some other stuff as well right on the other side of this break you listen to born to be dope or you're watching depending where you are with ryan c green we'll be right back all right 
Hey, this is Ryan C. Green. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this week's show. Hopefully you're enjoying it so far. Listen, I want to help you keep the conversation going and giving you the opportunity to join our Born to Be Dope Cypher, our exclusive Facebook group. Go to www.borntobedope.com. At the very top, you'll see a button that says join the Facebook group. Uh, do click that button. Go ahead, any information, and you'll get access to our pre-online Facebook group. In that group, we have so many bonuses, so we keep the conversations going from the shows. We have our live shows that broadcast there so many people to network with and, and every week we raffle all free born to be dope gear for all the new members who will join that week so go ahead to www.borntobedope.com click the button join the exclusive facebook group so we can have more interaction keep the conversation going and you might just even win a free born to be dope shirt Hey, did you know that Born to Be Dope is more than just a show? That's right. Born to Be Dope is a movement. It's so many things uh, outside of just the show. We have the clothing line. We have the show. We have the book that's coming. But we also have the feature film and the live summit. Uh, so if you're a, a speaker, an expert, an author, and you have a message that can help people master, magnify, and monetize their unique dopeness, if you have a message that will resonate with people on how to be unapologetically great at being them, and you want to share the stage with some of the top influencers and speakers, uh, at our live summit that's going to broadcast to millions of homes then go to www.borntobedope.com look for the info on how to uh, join the next summit our next casting call casting calls are going on right now for our next one you don't want to miss it Listen, if you've already been a part of one you can still join us for another one if you, if you missed out and you thought I'm going to wait to see what this Born to Be Dope thing is all about now you realize you want to jump on board listen it's still time just go to borntobedope.com click the button on how to join uh get the information on our casting call we look forward to working with you and helping you share your story hey are you looking for dope t-shirts specifically born to be dope t-shirts listen go to www.weardopetees.com you can get out you can see our entire line for the born to be dope apparel we have t-shirts we have uh, sweatshirts uh we're designing new stuff that's coming soon so go to weardopetees.com you can rep the brand that reps you get your shirts get your hoodies uh buy one for a friend uh go now to the website you can see all the new gear that we have and go ahead and rep the brand that reps you go ahead and order your shirts order your t-shirts and then make sure when you wear it, you tag I am born to be dope on any social media so we can go ahead and recognize you. So go and get your shirts, go get your wear, uh, your gear at WearDopeTees.com. Welcome back to Born to be Dope. I'm Ryan C. Green. I forgot off the top to let you know I did this week's hoodie. Dope. Let me get right there. Dope AF. You can get all the, the, the fly gear I wear on the show at WearDopeTees.com. That's WearDopeTees, T-E-E-S.com. Go and get yourself. Rep the brand that reps you. Go get some Born to be Dope apparel. Oh, shameless plug. All right. So let's let's jump back in now. Uh, Kareem, you are a speaker's coach, and I love uh, that you mentioned how many, you know, that you've been coached. It's hard to be a coach if you haven't been coached you know or been mentored um and you talk about twenty thousand dollars uh to speak now i know people are listening to, oh i want twenty thousand dollars to speak and it takes a special kind of person to get to that level twenty thousand dollars so let's before we get to 20 let's go to the very beginning what was your first paid speaking engagement do you remember how much you got and how how that came about <laughs> how, how much did you want and how much did you get <laughs> wow so at that point in time i was so desperate to speak i didn't care what i got and mm -hmm. this is how you can tell you love to do something like you tell you call to something because typically you'll do it for free like a lot of these nba players they play for all this amount of money but i promise you like they, 
if they had to play for nothing, some of them will play for nothing because they love the game that much. Not don't not, don't get me wrong, they're not gonna do that because they know what they were. Not for long, but yeah, I get you saying though. Yeah. You would do it typically for free, right? Mm-hmm. There are people right now at a job busting their tail working more than 40 hours a week, and the reason why you're doing it because they're not paying you what you actually work. The hours aren't the best, but you're doing it because it's in the field of what you love. What I talk about is how do I take what I love and take my gift and talent and then step outside and become the entrepreneur. So I'm no longer hollering out shotgun, but I got the keys because the person that holding the keys controls the vehicle. The problem with most of us, we take our gift and talent and we get into the we get into the passenger seat. So whoever's driving the car dictates what happens on that journey. And I go, no, you need the keys. So my first speaking engagement, they paid me $500. I traveled four hours to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Renting a car. So you got $500, take away the rental fees. So you $120 gone, just like that. And then I got a hotel, but the hotel was so cheap. It had bed bugs. I couldn't get my money back off it. So I wasted $100 on that. And so by the time I got back home, you got to take 500 minus the 120 bucks minus the $100 for hotel fee. So I, I did it for a little less than $300. I spoke for an hour, but I spoke in front of, I want to say about 80 people, give or take. But I spoke like it was 8,000 because I, I love to do it so much. But the problem was I didn't know my value. So I was undercharging myself because I believed that I, I actually thought I was worth less than that. And that's the problem. Most of us don't know our value. Right. And so I was okay with that when I really should have been charged more or that would have been one of those where I shouldn't went out there at all. But I didn't know any better. Yeah. Awesome. So so you go from that. I'm trying to think my first speaking engagement. I, I remember it, the first paid one. It mm. was it was at church. And I, mm. I, I, um, I read about this in my I think I wrote about this in my book. If I didn't, I'll talk about it in my next one. But I remember I had to catch the bus. Like I was in a bad situation at that time. I'll quote the bus to the engagement. And uh, they gave me $200, man, $200 for that first uh, gig. And uh, before we get to how you got to the next level, because there's a lot of people right there who are like, $500, that's all I'm trying to get. You know, I'd be great if I had $500. And, and you talk about speaker hoeing, but there's also, you know, a desperation uh, level that a lot of speakers get in uh, yes. in, in the beginning. <laughs> either they don't, don't know how, either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about setting proper fees, right? So, um, you know, we're getting into some coaching now because we're going to talk about your your speakers program as well. People coaching program. But uh, fees is one of the biggest questions that I always see come up is how do you um, charge a certain amount Um, and and the importance. So I'll I'll start with sharing why I think it's the the importance of having a proper fee. But I want you to talk about how to determine when you're ready to charge certain fees, Um, because I think that with anything, when you're a service provider, if you get into a price war, if you're not charging what you're worth, you're not charging value. If you're always giving discount bottom basement bargains, you're messing up for everybody. You're, you're yes. discounting the craft of what we do, the skill of what we do and, and the work that goes into it. So, yeah, when someone comes and says, well, I, I, I charge 20,000 to speak and they say, well, such and such is only going to charge 500. Uh, that's a big gap. But there's also a big gap in what you're going to get. Right. So uh, talk to us about uh, uh, building that fee. As a new speaker, how to determine what you feel, what you should be charging, and then how to you know gradually move yourself up because we know today's price is not yesterday's price. Totally in agreement with you. So one of the things I tell every speaker to do is you want to hang around a community of other speakers, especially speakers that are better than you. Why? Because in conversation, you gonna oh he's got paid five thousand dollars to speak for an hour, and I was cool with five hundred. Now, mm-hmm. what I would have to do is assess and say, and, and I'm not being cocky when I say this because a, a cheetah knows it can run 70. I'm a cheetah, so I know I can run 70 miles per hour. So I can look at a speaker and say, are you a better caliber speaker than that person? Yes or no? 
So if you are a better caliber speaker, you bring more value to the table and they got paid 5,000 for what they did, you got paid 500, there's a problem here. You can run just as fast as them, if not faster. So that means it's the me problem on what I see my value as. This is why you hang around other people or you get mentors that can tell you, you should, your fees should be going up. So one of the problems I had though, Ryan, is I wasn't doing a good job of branding and imagery, right? In other words, that, that in other words, if an event planner has $10,000 to play with and 10 people say, I want this speaking gig, right? That event planner is going to do their homework and figure out who's the best qualified person for this $10,000 check. Why? Because if I give you this and you bomb, it, it, it's not only on, it's not only on me, but my higher ups going to say, you took $10,000 and gave it to this person. Like we trusted you and this is what you brought in. And so I tell a lot of speakers, one, one of the reasons why social media proof is so important because no one is going to give you a 10,000 or 20,000 or $30,000 check without test driving merchandise. Event planners look to see is there imagery, is there videos, are there testimonials that show that you are the bomb.com at what it is you do, that you're one of the best out there, what it is you do. If you can't show that, then you're going to have a hard time getting that package to be open. And I don't care how good of a speaker you are. There's some point in your journey where it's not just about your message. It's about the imagery, the message is wrapped up in. And so for me, I have to do a dramatic shift on that. Yeah, that that's that's so good. That's that's so rich right there because and that's really why um, I've shifted in the services I provide and, and on into the visual media aspect of it with the video and stuff up up in not just my video presentation game, but also providing it for speakers and authors because listening to mentors and coaches, I know the same thing. They want people want social proof. They want to go out there. They're going, first thing they're going to do is Google you. Yeah. And they don't see enough good video of you to show that you, I, I tell people this, this is how I tell them. When people look at your content, when they look at your videos, um, the question shouldn't be how much are they charging? It should be, how can I afford to pay this person? Because exactly your stuff looks so good, <laughs> you know? So you spot on, but this is why I tell if you are doing your, if you about your business, your prices shouldn't even be on your website because right. they job right. to look, they go, this is the person we want, but can we afford them? There's mm-hmm. a, a job, because I'm, I'm, I got JMT DNA inside of me. I know a lot of speakers do. We, I, I came through JMT like 2014. Um, but there's a leadership What's JMT for people who don't know? Oh, okay, so JMT stands for John Maxwell team. So okay, I, I, yep. I've gone through the certification and training for that as well. Um, but there's a principle that I love, man, that says leadership influence opportunity. And so my interpretation, my interpretation is a little bit different than everyone else's. Leadership is influence, influence is opportunity, which means that number one, my job as a speaker is to be seen as the world, as a leader in this particular direction, this expertise. The more the world sees me as a leader, what I talk about, what problem that I solve, because money's the reward for solving a problem. That means my talk, my message has to solve a problem that everyone has. So as you see me as a leader in my expertise, now I start to have influence. That means you get up every day checking my social media site. You're getting value out of my video clips. You're on my Instagram. You're watching my reels. And the more influence that I create, because influence affects decisions, the more influence I create, then the more opportunities I manifest. The problem most people in the speaking industry starting out is they get up every day looking for opportunities. They go knocking on doors, knocking on doors, and they got that backwards. My job is to be seen as an expert, as a leader that creates influence. And so now opportunities start to look for me. That 20K gig, I did not solicit to them. I did not market to them. I did not go after them. They said, you are the person we want for this opportunity. We've studied, we've done our research, we've done our homework. We know we want Dr. Cream to keynote this event, right? But I've spent years creating the imagery, the brand, and doing the homework, doing the work, right? To create that leadership, that influence, and that opportunities pursue me. All right. 
Awesome, awesome. So let's talk about the type of speakers because you, you and I kind of talked before we went on air. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of speakers. People think that everything, everyone's the same thing. You're on stage, you're a motivational speaker. Like I've never called myself a motivational speaker. I've never been that. I'll motivate you. I'll get you and you know entertain you. But I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm more of a a, a, a motivational trainer. Like I train, but in a keynote, like you know, key, not even necessarily keynote, but I'm a I'm a trainer at heart. Point blank. Um, what, what what would you consider yourself and then talk about maybe some different styles of speaking uh, or types of speakers so people kind of can hear where they may fit in and maybe some I, I know it's like a triple loaded question <laughs> and then maybe some uh, which lanes are best suited for that kind of speaker gotcha so I always started out as a keynote speaker and then mm-hmm. I added training and coaching to that right so mm-hmm. training and coaching originally was in corporate america so i was mixing the two together um and then that just kind of took on a life of its own i do believe as a speaker it's great to be able to speak multiple different languages to be fluid in being a keynote speaker and also being a coach and a trainer because if you have a topic you talk about the way you monetize it to the next level is can you coach and train on it do you have a program for it right a lot of people just have right. keynote messages but that's where the magic stops because you get booked one time and that's it but do you have a coaching program or a training program that revolves around a book or a concept you talked about because if you do, we may license that from you. We may bring you back in and have you talk to 50 of our locations specifically on this training, right? And so as a speaker, one of the first things you got to do is figure out um, what type of speaker I want to be. And I'm not talking about motivational or inspirational or leadership. There's two lanes you fall into. You are either a seminar speaker or you're going to be a corporate speaker. Corporate speaking is pretty simplistic. You have a message and a topic that corporate America needs to hear. There's only a couple of topics corporate America wants to hear. Use it's going to be leadership. It's going to be motivation, inspiration. It's going to be customer service. It's going to be sales. It's going to be creativity or innovation, or it's going to be what I call a niche topic, which means it may be something specific like uh, diversity. Right. Right, Yeah, something like that. And so if I'm a speaker, then I want to know, am I more of a corporate speaker? And corporate is great because corporate has a budget and they're going to cut you a check for that amount. You show up, you drop your gems for an hour to 90 minutes or workshop and then you go home. If you're really good, they may refer you to other locations and bounce around that way, or they may bring you back in to do some corporate training. But seminar style is where a lot of speakers I see now fall into, which is the events that pop up in Texas, that pop up in Atlanta, that pop up in L.A., where you go on a flyer with about 10 other people, right? And you have this expertise you talk about, you get out there on stage for 40 minutes to an hour, you drop some jams, but the goal for you is to transform the room, but you have a product or service you sell in the back of the room right because that's how i'm gonna get monetized with seminar style speaking unless you have built your brand up most seminar events are not gonna pay you not like corporate seminars gonna bring you out their job is to pack the room full of people there's usually a joint venture agreement my job is to make sure we got 300 people in the audience your job is to get out there and sell if you have something of value we'll do a joint venture split so if you have a four thousand dollar coaching program we're going to split it 2080 right i get 20 percent of the take percent of the event you get 80 percent of it so that's how that's made up the reason why that's important as a speaker most folks don't even know how they're going to monetize their message so how can you walk forward and be successful if you don't know where the money's going to come from i'm a christian individual but god didn't give me this gift and talent to be catching meals and giving them away for free like my my utilities and bills and my lifestyle ain't based off me doing stuff for free so i want to be clear about that as a speaker what lane do i fall into because based on that lane that's how i'm going to build my brand Awesome. Now talk to us about your um, academy, the GPS Speakers Academy. Um, how do people, uh, what, what would a speaker get out of your program? How can they look to get started with you? So our program originally was 90 days. We had to push it back to 120 days of intensive all in because 90 days wasn't enough. 
what you're getting in that program, you're getting my two decades, my 20 years worth of experience. And yes, I have been in this industry for 20 years. I swear, it don't feel like, <laughs> like I've been in so many places and spaces, whether it was nationally or internationally, but we go through everything. The reason why this is so important, uh, a lot of programs in the market focus on one thing, which is tell your story. I'm going to be so clear when I say this. I'm going to lose some following. I'm going to lose some, some friends. Some, some folks going to be mad at me. But I have never been booked to come out and got paid a really, really good fee because they wanted a storyteller. They, they want an expert to come in to solve a problem. The story is what you use to help deliver the medicine, which is my expertise, right? And so that's the problem that. I see with a lot of people. They sign up for these storytelling boot camps, but they can't find speaking engagements. One, because no one is booking you to, to tell your story unless it's nap time at, at the kindergarten, at, at the kindergarten class where you yeah. give them a story before, you know, nap time. That's, we know they ain't paying. Yeah, they ain't paying nothing, right? So I want to hear about that. And then the stories I tell got to make sense. Like there's a lot of great storytellers out there, but why would corporate bring you in there to talk about that? Like how does that story anchor to what it is they want from you? And for those of you guys didn't catch it, I gave you a hint of what corporate America is looking for. Like I gave you a quick rundown of what they want. So if your message in some way, shape, or form don't connect to that, you have a hard time getting booked and brought in because they're not interested in anything other than that. It has to make sense, right? Yeah. And so in this program, we go through everything. We go through how to take your story and properly anchor it to one of those expertise levels that corporate America is actually looking for. We talk about how to properly brand yourself, how to properly market yourself, how to actually find paid speaking engagements. So you're not out there speaker home. You're not out there paying $1,500 for a 20-minute stint on somebody's virtual platform because once that virtual disappears, you may not ever see that again, right? Now, I'm not saying that's bad, but a lot of people will go through that route, but they still don't know how to get on paid stages. And then they get right. frustrated and then throwing the talent they go and they dream so we talk about how to find that stuff we talk about uh the mechanics of the speaking business because yes it is a business right most people treat it like hustle and that's all you get out of it so we go through everything you get my two decades worth of experience where i cover everything from beginning all the way to the end but most importantly you walk out there with a shortness of this is what i need to do to actually get on stages right now if you want to turn this to a full-time career, you can do that. There's going to be some sacrifice on that. I promise you that. That's why I'm so far and few in between that folks actually make a successful career out of this because it does involve sacrifice. We even go through that. I give everything that I've been through over 20 years, including what was my blueprint and game plan that got me out the nine to five and doing this full-time. We cover it all. Nice. Nice. So uh, a couple things that I want to really touch on, because once you've been in the game for a long time, I think you look at stuff differently. So for me and obviously you, when you see certain things, it's kind of like you get to eat. You, I don't know. I'm, here's what I want to ask you. <laughs> what I feel like the one the one thing I've not seen mastered enough yet. And it's probably hurting a lot of people. A lot of speakers in, in our speak, we're in person. Well, I'll speak for myself. I'm in a personal development space, yeah. so I, it's a lot of people who want to talk about purpose and passion and things like that. And they're coming from church. Sure. So you got to. And I'm a Christian. I'm I'm a very spiritual person. Um, but I want you to kind of give a, a, a golden nugget to those who are spiritually based. Um, how to take a message that may have a spiritual foundation but then to take that to a corporate event take it to an association uh yeah. and still be an expert without being seen as a preacher <laughs> at a corporate event I, I love it and i love that question because there's a lot of people that i've coached and trained and they got that spiritual background and they go off the bat you have to understand 
that I, I would never tell someone to throw away their spirituality. If, if you look at my speaking style, depending on what clip you catch, you catch me going in like a pastor. I got that little anointing on me, but there's other styles where I'm not. I got a multitude of different speaking styles, right? Um, do I still speak spirituality in the workplace? Absolutely, 100%. It's part of me. A lot of my messages have spirituality around it, but I have to understand how do I deliver the message in such a way that the world doesn't get offended. We live in the world of cancel culture where everybody is so woke and they're immediately trying to cancel you for this and cancel you for that. And so most event planners, when they go to book a speaker for corporate, that's one of the that's one of the prerequisites. Are you going to come in here and start preaching to our group? Because I don't want to be an HR with a bunch of people saying, you forced me for three hours to sit down here and learn about Jesus. You said right, I'm Buddhist right. or I'm atheist and I don't right. believe in it. And so what I'll say is this. One of the things we teach inside the organization, GPS Speakers Academy, we talk about how to take that message and deliver it in such a way that you don't set off the radar, the bells and whistles. You know, when I was a child growing up, Ryan, I couldn't stand cherry cough syrup. Like, I do every other cough syrup except for cherry. That's the one flavor I could not rock with. And I remember being sick as a dog, coughing and wheezing, and my mother's like, it's like eight feet of snow outside. I'm not going out. All we got is cherry. So this is going to have to work. And of course, she knows I was going to spit it up. And so what she did was she took the cough syrup, put it on the spoon, and instead of just telling me to open my mouth, she said, here comes the airplane. And I'm watching like, okay, where's this airplane going? Duck is going over your head. It's running out of gas. It's got to land. Open your mouth. It's got to land. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but it's cherry cough syrup. The plane's going to crash. And before I know it, Ryan, my mouth was open. The cough syrup is halfway down my throat. And I can't spit it out at this point in time. So I'm like, it's still nasty, but the delivery was so good. I, I got it. You ain't going to put it off the pen, but it was so good. And so right. the problem with speakers are we're message bringers. Our job is to give you medicine. But we have to be very, very clear and calculating on how we land the plane. The problem with most people is open up, I'm going to give it to you. And that's rejection. So um, I give a lot of spiritual-based messages. But I have learned the art of how to cloak my message around the right delivery style. And so no one in the room is offended. No one's getting up and getting angry. Folks who get up in the, in the room that are Christian go, oh, I know where that came from. I know that scripture. Yeah, absolutely. They know. They know. Folks that's not Christian, but like, but that was very powerful. What can I learn more about that? Oh, you really want to know? Right, right, right. <laughs> Let me tell you when you get off. All right. When <laughs> you leave out of here, I got you. Like, give me your, give right. me your, 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 your phone number. I'll text it to you, right? So I'll make sure I'm safe down the ground. But it's, it's that. Now, if I'm a speaker, I'll throw this out there also. I have to be very careful with that lingo all over my face. I mean, I'm some people. Won't get, I don't want to. I'm not telling you to. I'm not telling you, be Peter. You're not going to deny Christ three right, times right. the cock bro. But what I'm saying is this: is if you have a spiritual based message, your job is to get the message heard. And you can't be heard if you're not in the room, <laughs> right? So that means my website. I got to be clear about the lingo that I use on my website. I see a lot of people taking pictures inside of churches because that's where they speak the most. That if you have that on your on your on your website and the event planners looking, they're not going to. You got to be very careful with how you deliver some of those things on your page you're being booked from because in this day and age, if they think you about to come out and preach, you're going to be in trouble. Now, there's been clips of me online in front of corporate America where I've gone full pastoral mode, but I'm going pastoral mode on the message that I'm teaching, not on Christianity or religion. So I can still use that delivery style and hammer the point home, which means I have to be in control of my delivery, right? But that's the main thing I'll say right there. If you're Christian based, you don't toss it over your shoulder. You figure out how do I dress it up in such a way that I can land the plane without offending anybody else. Awesome. I love that. Love that. Y'all want to get more on how to do that. Make sure you go and get with the GF GPS Speaker Academy. <clears throat> so listen, before we go, I got cards, man. I got my own cards for the show. Like, I love it. Got notes. Got note cards. There we but, go. But uh, it's time to get into some hip hop, bro, because that's what we do here. Uh -oh. 
So right. we call this. What should I call this section? Uh, should I call it cipher? Should I call it freestyle? We gonna, I don't know. We gonna we gonna call it the cipher for now. But anyway, mm-hmm. it might change next episode. Y'all don't know. But send me in the comments what y'all what should we call this section? This segment rather. So I'm gonna ask you some questions, Korean. I just want you to go ahead and answer them. Uh, all hip hop related. And when I say hip hop. I mean not just rap music, but we're talking about hip hop culture. I mean, it's a lot of R and B, neo soul. That's all hip hop to me now, now uh, days as well. So, whatever your answer is. So, let's start with um, when was it, or, or, or how did hip hop impact you and your your acceptance of being dope as a person? Like, what impact did the culture, or the music have when you would say, you know what? I, I, I rock with this and, and this moment, this song, this movie, whatever it was, spoke to me and I I'm I'm dope. Mm. So so I'm old school hip hop. I know we got some folks here that's younger, but I go back to Heavy D, Big Daddy Kane, Karis One. So nice. I, I go back to where it all hit ground level. And the message back then was so pro-black and proactive and, and it was so much support around it. We know a lot of the message nowadays is, is definitely not that. We know the industry has done that intentionally, not accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned from hip hop is that delivery style is what gets attention, right? And so as a speaker, my job is to focus on what I know that works. Um, even when it came down to the utilization of money, let's be real, there's a point in time where rappers were flashy and showed they cash and showed they success. I- I'm gonna be real. I do a lot of that intentionally as well because my job is to get all eyes on me because once you're watching me, then the message comes through clearly. So right. I think that hip hop has affected me in such a way where I understand the messages carry weight. Uh, the music has rhythm that entices people, uh, but it's all about showmanship. The best MCs in the world know how to be masters, masters of showmanship would put all, all eyes on them. We know some folks that had some great bars, but had little to no showmanship and they got passed up. So for me, that's how I viewed hip hop growing up, which was your job is to draw all the attention on you and then maximize it while you have time. Because let's be real, some of us don't have longevity, some of us do. My job is to be one of them MCs that's around for a long time. Right, right, right. No one hit wonders. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I love that answer, man. I love that answer. All right. So um, who is your hip hop spirit rapper? Well, I know people got spirit animals. Who's your spirit rapper that you like? You know what? If I were a rapper, if I was living this rapper's life that they portray in their music or whatever, this that's me. This may come off cliche, but I got to say Jay-Z, but I got to say it with, 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 the, with the time stamp on it. I ain't talking about Jay-Z with the, with the, with the, with the locks no, and stuff. Not the Basquiat Jay-Z. Yeah, I'm from old school with the with the with the fitted brim. I'm talking that version of Jay Z. I'm okay. talking blueprint version of Jay Z. So I, I would go there, but I'm gonna stay that. I'll stay in that lane right there. All right, cool. why? Why him? Well, this this is the thing I learned by watching Jay Z. No one ever saw Jay Z being where he's at right now. No one saw that. I don't care what anybody says. No one saw him taking the crown away. Now we can argue about who's the greatest, but in the realm of success in the industry, no one saw that. All eyes was on Tupac, all eyes was on Biggie. And when both of them passed away, there was a void in the industry and no one saw Jay step into that lane. The yeah. moment I, I saw him do that when he successfully crossed over and the crowd started having everybody in the crowd versus just African Americans in the crowd. And I don't care what anybody says, if you want to be super successful, your job as a speaker is to create a message that impacts the entire world. Not just people that look like you, not just people that think like you, not just people that come from your side of town. If you're here to build a legacy, it's impossible to build a legacy without affecting all people. So my job as a speaker was always to have a message that crossed boundary lines, that crossed 
uh, color lines, it crossed thought lines, it crossed religious lines. My job was to drop gems so powerful that they would become universal and universal stuff, they, universal things last long after we leave. And that's how you create legacy. Awesome, awesome. I love asking this next question because, uh, especially in the day, the era of, era of social media, we're constantly in a comparison mindset. So always looking at other people who may do what we do or do what we want to do, and comparing ourselves um, negatively and positively. What was that moment when you realized you were dope, like doing what you do? When you said, "Listen, I'm I'm Kareem. I'm to the Kevin Durant." Uh, I'm Kareem effing Ellis, you know? All right, we can rock with that. Um, I was in a relationship with somebody, and it was the day after my birthday a few years ago, and I remember clearly because we got into an argument. This person was extremely narcissistic, and I, I didn't have narcissist training 101, so I ain't know about bread coming. I ain't know about gaslighting, but that person looked me in the face and said, um, you are not the best motivational speaker I ever heard, and I was in a relationship with that person. It affected me because for someone out there in the world who don't know you to say that to you, you're like, all right, I don't know you. But when someone in your campus hating on you, it it, 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 it draws something different because you'll start to think, well, maybe I'm not that good because they know right, me right. Intimately and intricately. And that night at three o'clock in the morning, God woke me up because he was playing with my mindset. And God said, I need you going to your social media right now. And I go to my social media and what I'm looking for is look over all the photos you posted for the last 10 years. And I'm looking, I'm seeing all the places I've been at, all the platforms I spoke on, all the stages, all the places. And then God says, go to your YouTube. I go to my YouTube. My YouTube has over 200 video testimonials from folks that heard me speak, whether it was event planners or folks in the audience saying, my God, this guy's bomb.com. He did X, Y, Z. And he says, go to your emails and take a look at all the folks that reach out to you saying, you transformed my life. You helped me at a moment where I was going to commit suicide or whatever have you. And the message I got from me is the same message I'm going to share with someone else out there. Never let anybody gaslight your greatness. Never let anybody gaslight your greatness. It was crazy how that person said it because even with my tour in the industry, how long I've been here, we're all susceptible to that, right? Yeah, Jesus was portrayed by Judas. Judas walked with Jesus for three and a half years. He watched him raise people from the dead. He watched him walk on water, but he still, it was inside camp work that tried to try to take him out, right? The problem with most of us, the enemy doesn't use outside people. He uses people inside that we are cool with, that we believe we're close with. And what I didn't realize was there was a spirit of jealousy with that person. When you walk into your gift and talent, the problem is a lot of times you'll outshine people accidentally. Like you're not trying to do it, but if God gave you the gift and you got that gift in the right environment, because fish are not designed to swim everywhere, then you will outshine people not even trying. And that's what I learned from that relationship. I was outshining that person using my gift, not using gimmicks, not using smoke and mirrors. I know some speakers out there that want to do the Airbnb or act like they're doing X, Y, Z. It's like you do not, because once you train to do this long enough, you got to look like that's not you perfect, right? But the idea was never to let anybody out there gaslight your greatness. Whatever God has given to you, your job is to run with it. And you are going to lose people along the way on the journey. Just because they helped you pack a bag does not guarantee them a ticket on your flight. Mm, mm, mm. Man, metaphors. Mm. Or is that a simile? I don't know. The, who's my, who's my English? <laughs> metaphors, similes, idioms. Mm. I don't know. Whatever they call. Listen, man. Well, I ask question when I ask you. What, what are you listening to now? What, what's getting you pumped and hype right now? get me pumped right now man i'm still working on the blackout like I, i'm that guy man where i hit that season where i hit that one track and that's my go back to man mm -hmm. and so i'm still a black album guy man i'm still doing jay-z black album don't get me wrong there's a lot of talent out there um i just feel like with hip-hop nowadays there's something missing like it's mm -hmm. just it's so commercial at this point in time that they more focus on dropping anything over a wild beat and they not focus on 
the words, because then if you strip away the music and you listen to the words, do the words have substance? And as a speaker, my job is to give messages where if you take away the ambiance, you take away everything. We black this screen out right now, and all you can do is close your eyes and hear my voice, that the words have substance. And I think that's the thing that's missing in hip-hop. So for me, I'm one that goes back to some of the greats because those, a lot of those tracks, they drop the timeless, but I'm a black album guy. So if I'm going through my mood, if I need to prep to get out there on stage, that's what you're going to hear me bumping before I go out there. I'm an encore guy. Awesome, awesome. Listen, Kareem, this has been a great conversation. I want you to go ahead and share uh, how people can follow you uh, after today's show, how they can work with you and all that good stuff, and what's what's on the horizon for you, how they can get your book. So, okay, so with the book, what I'm going to do right now with the book, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do a, a, a giveaway. And the reason I'm going to do a giveaway is in honor of the sequel to this book is on the rise, right? So we know that this okay. is the best seller on Amazon. We, we pushed this book for a long time, uh, GPS My Success. Uh, for folks that listen to this Born to Be Dope podcast, and if you within, I'm going to say 24 hours, we'll put a timestamp on it. If you connect with me on my IG and say, hey, I saw the Born, I heard the Born to Be Dope, or I saw the Born to Be Dope, no matter where they saw the medium at, and, and I want to get a copy of GPS My Success, let me know, but make sure you quote that you you saw it here. Right? Yeah, Shout out yeah. to know who else tuning in. Um, I have my team get you a free e-copy of this. And the reason why I'm giving it away because the sequel to this is it's coming up hot and fast, man. Empowered to drive what gear you in. I told myself when we did this book, it's going to be a trilogy. So the second part we're working on coming out at the end of this year. But you can't get into the second part unless you have gobbled down the first part because it builds off this game-changing book. Uh, so go to Instagram, connect with me, follow me, let me know you saw me here. We'll get you a free copy of GPS My Success. Uh, the next thing on the horizon for me, I think I may actually be in... Uh, I think it, it may be Atlanta. I'm not sure. It's supposed to be a Mother's Day event going on. Um, I think with uh, uh, Ashley uh, uh, Montgomery's having something going on. So I think I may be at her Mother's Day event, dropping some gems there. And then after that, uh, I believe JJ Conway has some stuff popping up as well for Juneteenth. I think it's a Juneteenth celebration going on. Those are open events to the public. I don't want to drop corporate yeah. stuff. You got to be part of the corporate team. And then after that, right. brother, we got plans to go and speak in Dubai in July. So we're going back out. Oh, the country. nice. Nice. Awesome, man. I got to get over there. I, I got to get there. Everybody oh, yeah. seems to be going over there. Seems to be one day. They just have a different level of opulence oh, yeah. <laughs> over oh, yeah. there, man. Hang over there, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So it's going to take me a little longer before I get over there. But listen, man, this has been great. Uh, you said uh, reach out on Instagram, but I don't think you gave the Instagram handle. So oh, I'll give that I'm glad you caught that. So the Instagram is Ellis 2.0. Kareem Ellis 2.0. And for folks that's interested in the Speakers Academy, just shoot me an email at coachme at kareemellis.com. What I'll do is I'll set up time for a 15, 20-minute consultation, let you know about the program, and then you can let me know where you are as far as your speaking career and what you want to see happen out of it, and let's see if we can make some magic happen between the two of us. So coachme at kareemellis.com. We'll get you locked up. Awesome. Sounds good. Good. Listen, folks, you have uh, if you didn't get something out today's show, then you just wasn't even trying. Right. So I want to thank Kareem Ellis for joining us for another episode of Born to be Dope. Look like we do every week. We're going to go ahead and ask him to stick around for some bonus content that we're only putting in our uh, subscription uh, uh, portal. So if you follow us on fan base, you'll be able to get this info. Make sure you join the, uh, the Facebook group, Born to be Dope Network. But uh, other than that, listen, I'm Ryan C. Green. I want to thank you all for tuning in again. Make sure you subscribe share tell someone about this uh leave a comment if you listen to the podcast all that stuff helps listen we have the power to promote our own media our own messages but we've got to do it just don't listen to it like, oh that's cool take the hit the button do something share it so we can go out there and grow and get these positive messages uh shared more uh frequently so listen go out there be unapologetically great at being you because you want to be dope
Peace. This is the illest farm I ever wrote. Said I was born to be dope. I dream big like my visions were projected on the movie screen. Beat side scamming into watercolor blue screen. Muscle with the hustle, turn my dreams into reality. I'm my ancestors while there's dreams on the balcony. Scribbling notes into the margin of my composition. But what's next? Man, forever's what my ambition. I failed to step back, but kept pushing. Reinventing myself, establish a better footing. Fall down six times.